Welcome to another episode on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza, where we talk about everything relating to abuse, mental health, culture, and society. Today's episode is on world news as relates to abuse round about the globe. I'll be detailing news from various news outlets. BBC News by James Gallagher, Natalie Truswell, and Jonathan Somberg. Fifteenth of August, twenty twenty three. Female surgeons sexually assaulted while operating. Some female surgeons say they've been sexually harassed, assaulted, and in some cases raped by colleagues. A major analysis of NHS staff has found. BBC News spoke to these women who were assaulted in the operating theater as surgery took place. The study's authors say there is a pattern of female trainees being abused by senior male surgeons, and this is happening now in NHS hospitals. The Royal College of Surgeons said the findings were truly shocking. Sexual harassment, sexual assault, and rape have been referred to as surgeons' open secret. There is an untold story of women being fondled inside their scrubs, of male surgeons wiping their brows on their breasts, and men rubbing erections against female staff. Some have been offered career opportunities for sex. The analysis by the University of Exeter, the University of Surrey, and the Working Party on Sexual Misconduct in Surgery has been shared exclusively with BBC News. Nearly two-thirds of women surgeons who responded to the researchers said they had been the target of sexual harassment and the third had been sexually assaulted by colleagues in the past five years. Women said the fear reporting incidents, which they believe would damage their career, and the lack confidence, and the lack confidence the NHS would take action. There is a nervousness to talk openly. Judith asks that we use only her first name. She's now an experienced and talented consultant surgeon. She was sexually assaulted earlier on in her career. She was the person with the least power in the operating theater, and the senior male surgeon was sweating. He just turned round and buried his head right into my breasts, and I realized he was wiping his brow on me. You just freeze, right? Why is his face in my cleavage? When he did it for a second time, Judith offered to get him a towel. The reply came back, no, this is so much fun, she says, and it was to smirk. I felt dirty. I felt humiliated. Even worse for her was the total silence of her colleagues. He wasn't even the most senior person in the operating theater, but he knew that behavior was okay and that's just rotten. This happened to Judith in the middle of the operating theater, but the sexual harassment and sexual abuse extends beyond the hospital. And another surgeon says, 
He was a trainee and he was a consultant. I trusted him. I looked up to him, she says. He played on that trust, saying he, she didn't know the other people there and that she couldn't trust them. So he walked me back to the place I was staying. I thought he wanted to talk and yet he just suddenly turned to me and he had sex with me. She said in that moment her body froze and I couldn't stop him. It's not what I wanted. It has never been what I wanted. It was totally unexpected. When she saw him the next day, she was barely able to hold herself together. I didn't feel I could make a fuss. I felt like there was a very strong culture of just putting up with whatever was done to you. The incident had a lasting impact, first leaving her emotionally numb, and years later, the memory would come flooding into her mind like a horror, like a nightmare at work, even as she was preparing to operate on a patient. It is widely accepted as a culture of silence around such behavior. Surgical training relies on learning from senior colleagues in the operating theater, and women have told us it is risky to speak out about those who have power and influence over their future careers. The report is being published in the British Journal of Surgery. It's the first attempt to get a sense of the scale. Registered surgeons, men and women, were invited to take part completely anonymously, and 1,434 responded, half were women. 63% of women had been the target of sexual harassment from colleagues. 30% of women had been sexually assaulted by a colleague. 11% of the women reported forced physical contact related to career opportunities. At least 11 incidents of rape were reported. 90% of women and 81% of men had witnessed some form of sexual misconduct. Our findings are likely to shake the confidence of the public in the surgical profession, said Dr. Christopher Begney from the University of Exeter. There are 5,000 cases of sexual misconduct in the NHS in five years. Workplace sexual harassment clamped down for doctors. Meanwhile, a second report called Breaking the Silence, addressing sexual misconduct in the healthcare, is making recommendations for what needs to change. The pair of reports suggest a relatively lower proportion of women surgeons, around 28%, combined with surgery being deeply hierarchical, gives some men significant power, and this combines badly with a high-pressure environment of surgery. That leads to people being able to be to be impunity, and of much of this goes unchecked, Professor Carrie Newlands consultant surgeon from the University of Surrey. She was motivated to tackle such behavior after hearing the experiences of her junior colleagues. She told the BBC, the commonest scenario is that a junior female trainee is abused by a senior male perpetrator who is often their supervisor. And that results in a culture of silence where people are in real fear of their future and their careers if they speak up. Another theme that emerged in the data was a lack of faith in bodies such as NHS Trust, the General Medical Council, which manages the UK's register of doctors allowed to practice, and the Royal Colleges, which represents specialities in medicine, to tackle the problem. We need a major change in investigation processes. 
So they become external and independent and are trusted in order for healthcare to become a safer place to work, says Professor Newlands. The British Medical Association called the findings atrocious. Dr. Latifa Patel, DMA Equality Lead, said it is appalling that women in surgery are being subjected to sexual assault and sexual misconduct from their colleagues at work, and often while they are trying to care for patients. The impact is still the impact this will have on their well-being for years to come, as well as their careers, is profound. Tim Mitchell, the president of the Royal College of Surgeons of England, told the BBC the surgery's findings are deeply shocking and will be a source of great embarrassment to the surgical profession. He acknowledged it is clear it is a common problem that has not been addressed. We need to put in place a culture of zero tolerance to ensure that there are mechanisms that mean people who are affected feel confident they can come forward, report this incident, and they will be taken seriously, he said. Dr. Binta Sultan from NHS England said the report made incredibly difficult reading and presented clear evidence that more action was needed to make hospitals safe for all. She said, we are already taking significant steps to do this, including through commitments to provide more support and clear reporting mechanisms to those who have suffered harassment or inappropriate behavior. The General Medical Council last month updated its professional standards for doctors. Its chief executive, Charlie Mansey, said, acting in a sexual way towards patients or colleague is unacceptable and that, and that serious misconduct is incompatible with continuing to practice medicine in the UK. But is surgery a safe place for women to work today? Not always, and that's a dreadful thing to have to admit, says Judith. Listeners, what are your thoughts on this? Kindly leave your comments or send an email to rising about shadows of abuse at gmail.com. Thank you. Alcoholic health teacher who sexually assaulted two young female pupils with special needs is caged. Story by Rob Patterson, 11th of September, 2023. An alcoholic head teacher who sexually assaulted two young female pupils has been jailed. Agnes Blackmore, 59, isolated and groomed the girls, both under 13 and with special educational needs. His trial head, he also drank 13 pints of strong cider a day and viewed child abuse and clips on his school's laptop. He tried to blame the computer images on his children who supported him at trial at Aysbury Crown Court, Buckinghamshire. The attack, one of which was seen by a colleague, happened at two schools in High Wycombe between 2015 and 2018. Judge Jonathan Cooper, sentencing at Aysbury Crown Court, told the defendant you have been described as a good character by people who claim to know you very well. You have been described as a model teacher, a model father, a model colleague and friend. However, these people do not know you well at all. Not one of the people close to you 
who have written to me is apparently aware that you were living a double life as a pedophile with a sexual interest in primary school age girls. Blackmore of Tyler's Green, Buckinghamshire, was found guilty of forced sex assault charges and jailed for four and a half years. What are your views on this? Leave your comments on our social media handles. Thank you. BBC News, 16th of September, 2023, by Stephen McIntosh, comedian, actor, and ex-husband of Katy Perry, Russell Brand, has been accused of rape, sexual assault, and emotional abuse during a seven-year period at the height of his fame. The allegations were made in a joint investigation by the Sunday Times, the Times and the Channel 4's dispatches. Four women are alleging sexual assaults between 2006 and 2013. Brand has denied the allegations and said his relationships have been always consensual. During the years covered by the allegations, Brand had various high-profile jobs at different times, including at BBC Radio 2 and Channel 4, and as an actor in Hollywood films. Other claims made as part of the investigation relates to Brand's allegedly controlling, abusive, and predatory behavior. The investigation is published in the Sunday Times, whilst, while the Dispatches documentary, Russell Brand, in plain sight, aired on Channel 4 on Saturday. Within hours of the allegations being published, Brand performed a scheduled comedy gig at the 2000 Capacity Troubadour Wembley Park Theatre in Northwest London as part of his bipolarization tour. During the set, which lasted about an hour, Brand alluded to the accusations but did not address them directly. He told the audience there were things he wanted to talk about but could not. Several women have made allegations against Brand as part of the investigation. One woman alleges that Brand raped her against the wall in his Los Angeles home. He was treated at a rape crisis center on the same day. The Times says it has seen medical records to support this. A second woman alleges that Brand assaulted her when he was in his early 30s and she was 16 and still at school. He alleges he referred to her as the child during an emotionally abusive and controlling relationship. A third woman claims that Brand sexually assaulted her while she worked with him in Los Angeles and that he threatened to take legal action if she told anyone else about her allegations. The fourth woman, allegedly, fourth woman alleged being sexually assaulted by Brand and him being physically and emotionally abusive towards her. On Friday, 
Brand released a video in which he denied serious criminal allegations he said were about to be made against him. The actor and the comedian said he had received letters from a TV company and newspaper containing a litany of aggressive attacks. These allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream, when I was in the newspaper all the time, when I was in the movies, and as I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. Brand said he believed he was the subject of a coordinated attack and he was going to look into the matter because it was very, very serious. While not referring to the comedian by name, the Metropolitan Police said it was aware of media reporting of a series of allegations of sexual assault, but had not received any report. What are your thoughts about this news? Leave your comments. Or send an email to Rising About Shadows of Abuse. Raza. Thank you. Apple News by Liam Quinn, 15th of September 2023. Man accused of raping waterboarding women in dumb room said, I plead the fifth when confronted by police. Keanu Labette, 19, was arrested and charged with five felonies, including three for criminal sexual conduct. Keanu Labert, 19, was arrested on Sunday and charged accordingly. He was accused of holding his girlfriend captive inside her dump and torturing her for days, he told police. I plead the fifth according to a criminal complaint obtained by people. Labert, 19, is accused of raping, waterboarding, and beating his girlfriend of two months inside her dorm room at St. Catherine's University, an all-girls school in St. Paul's, Minnesota. His girlfriend escaped after three days and went straight to authorities, the complaint says. Labath was charged with three counts of criminal sexual conduct, one count of threats of violence, and one count of domestic assault by strangulation, according to the complaint. The complaint alleges that Labert arrived at the university to see his girlfriend on Thursday, September the 7th, and discovered texts, pictures, and social media posts that infuriated him. In response, Labert is accused of taking her phone, raping her, and choking her. She was unable to breathe, felt lightheaded, and saw stars, per the complaint. On September the 9th, the complaint alleges that Labert made the victim lie down in, the, in a bathtub and put a washcloth over her face and waterboarded her. That same day, he allegedly threatened at knife point and said he cut her veins per the complaint. The victim told the authorities that September the 9th was the worst of it. The next day, according to the complaint, the victim convinced Labert to let her leave the dorm to go to the cafeteria. He returned her phone and instructed her to keep in touch with him on Snapchat so he could track her movement 
according to the complaint. At that point, she reported the incident and went to the hospital for examinations. Her complaint, he allegedly called the victim five times after she left the dorm and texted her, asking why the police were outside the complaint states. According to the complaint, police found Labert in the dorm room and arrested him. When he was read his rights per the complaint, Labert responded by saying he was pleading the fifth. Inside the dorm, police found a washcloth and a folding knife, the complaint says. They also found the mattress on the floor, which the victim said was put there to prevent the bed from squeaking during the alleged assault. Labath was on probation for violating the restraining order. Labath's bail was set at $100,000, according to the probable cause statement. He appears before a judge on Tuesday, a KSTP, and his next court date is scheduled for 9th of October, 2023. What are your thoughts about this? Kindly leave your views. Thank you. Eric Todisco, September the 14th, 2023. Hollywood Life. Savannah Chrisley revealed she went on a date with Amy Hammer before sexual assault allegations. Savannah Chrisley, 26, revealed she went on a date with now disgraced actor Amy Hammer, 37. The reality star appeared on The Bachelor alum, Nick Vial's podcast, on September the 14th, and talked about her history with Amy. He and I connected and went out to dinner one time, but that was the extent of it, Savannah said. And no one knows that, by the way, Savannah confirmed that someone slid into the DMs, but she didn't reveal if it was her or Amy. I don't know, I don't know, she said with a laugh, going to dinner one time. Amy is a subject to some serious allegations of rape by several women in 2021. They call me by your name star, denied all the allegations, even after the 2022 release of the three-part docuseries called House of Hammer that included accounts from different women who accused him of sexual abuse. In May 2023, prosecutors were unable to find enough evidence to support the allegations against Ami. Ami was shunned by Hollywood due to the controversy. He also got divorced from his wife, Elizabeth Chambers, with whom he shares two children. The former couple announced their split in July 2020 and finalized the divorce three years later. They decided on joint custody of their children. Elizabeth, 41, had previously stated that she stands in solidarity with Army's accusers. She also confirmed that she watched the Discovery was documentary about the allegations. What do you think about this news? Can you leave your comments? Apple News by Liam Quinn. 
published 14th of September 2023. A pregnant teen's body has never been found, but her uncle is accused of raping her. Not only raping her, but killing her. The trial of a Florida man accused of raping and murdering his pregnant teenage niece began Thursday, nearly five years after the 16-year-old girl vanished. A grand jury indicted Jonathan Curls on charges of first-degree murder and sexual battery in July 2019, seven months after his niece, 16-year-old Iana Sawyer, was last seen, according to court records reviewed by People. Sawyer's body has never been found, but prosecutors claim she was killed by her uncle around the time she disappeared. Sawyer, who was five months pregnant, was last seen on December the 19th, 2018, according to several court documents. On that day, Sawyer left school around lunchtime, according to National Missing, an unidentified person's system. He then traveled to a salvage yard where Curls worked. News for Jax reported, citing court records. Police believe Sawyer was pregnant with her uncle's child, according to the outlet, and was shot and killed, put in a dumpster and brought to a landfill. Opening statements in the trial began Wednesday. Prosecutors contend that Sawyer was shot and killed by her uncle, according to the indictment. Meanwhile, Quarles attorneys argue that Sawyer is still alive and even tried to block prosecutors from using the term victim in the courtroom. The motion was denied. West Coast News reported that prosecutors opened proceedings Thursday by reading from an exchange between Curls and his brother, recorded on a wire in which the defendant purportedly confesses to the crime. Yes, they are going to give me the needle, Curls said in the transcript read in court, when asked by his brother if he killed Sawyer reported the First Coast News. If convicted, Quarles will be sentenced to death. In 2023, Florida, USA, changed its death penalty law to where only eight jurors rather than 12 can decide to sentence a person to death. What are your thoughts about this? Leave your comments or reviews. Thank you. September the 16th, 2023, by iNews. We won't back down. Iranian women defile the hijab rule despite arrests, beatings, and rape. Activists say they are still hopeful despite fears of a crackdown by the Iranian regime on protesters. The first time Neda took part in a protest was on 16th of September, 2022, when she and hundreds of others gathered outside Kashra Hospital in Tehran, Iran. Inside was Masha Gina Amini, who had been brutally beaten and killed in police custody after being arrested for not wearing her hijab. The 22-year-old Kurdish Iranian woman became a figurehead for a protest movement that swept the country. Women, life, freedom, a Kurdish slogan became their back to cry. 
a call for bodily autonomy, human rights, and the downfall of the hardline government and Iranian Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. Nearly 20,000 people were arrested and at least 500 killed, including seven who were executed. Now, there are fears of another violent crackdown as Iranians mark 12 months since her death. There was, of course, a lot of anger at why this had happened and also a feeling of loss because all of us felt like Masha Amini was one of our relatives. She was like our sister, says Neda, recalling the first protest. The 35-year-old from Tehran says she and her friends use lipstick to write on signs. Freedom is all right and the power is in the collective. Soon after, she took back in the second protest on Hijab Street, where there were so many people that police had to close down one of Tehran's main roads. Two weeks after the first protest, the police tracked her down and arrested her. She was detained for more than 25 days, and she says she was beaten while blindfolded. All that time, I was denying everything she says. She was given an eight-month suspended sentence and warned that if she participated in another protest, she would go to prison. After Miss Amini's mother, Nella says more people started to resist the compulsory hijab law, including her. That is when I started to not wear a hijab or even take my headscarf with me when I went out. She says over a Zoom call from Germany, where she lives after fleeing Iran a month ago. When the police told her to wear the hijab, she told them she didn't have one with her. They got angry, but they would say, next time you should wear the hijab. I was really scared when I was walking down the streets. Since the protests began, there has been a blossoming of support from the rest of society, she adds, from taxi drivers who drive unveiled women despite the risk of a fine, to cafe owners who risk being shot down as they host women about as they host women without hijabs. Today in Iran, resistance continues despite an uptick in arrests. Internet blackouts and armed riot police roaming the streets ahead of the anniversary of Ms. Amini's death on Saturday. The regime is using different measures to prevent a full-fledged uprising similar to last year, says Dr. Alan Hassanian from the University of Exeter's Institute of Arab and Islamic Studies. The state media and Iranian officials, state media and Iranian officials are repeatedly sending intimidating messages, he says, adding that the checkpoints have been set up across Kurdish cities and provinces and the cemetery and the cemetery where Ms. Amini is buried in Sakwik, her hometown, has been closed. Her family have reported her family have reportedly been threatened by the Iranian authorities to not take part in any memorandum. Nada left Iran at the end of August because of the renewed crackdown fearing arrests. In the end, I decided it was a risk I cannot take anymore, so I decided to get out of Iran and try to amplify Iranian women's voices from outside of the country. She's in touch with her friends back in Iran and says protests are planned across the country over the coming days. Although she can't give details, solidarity protests will also take place in cities around the world, including in London. Just because, there, just because there haven't been protests in the last few months in Iran, it doesn't mean that it has ended. All this blood that has been shed wasn't in vain.
We don't lose our hope. We won't back down. I think it's the duty of people who survive to keep their memories alive. But we are afraid, even those who burn their hijab out. Fear is a natural thing, but we also have no other choice. Hiva Mabobi, 55, was only 12 when she was arrested for her activism. When she was arrested when she was arrested for her activism in Iran in the 1980s. She was released after six days, but was jailed age 16 for another three and a half years in jail for distributing flyers and writing slogans on words expressing, on words expressing opposition to the regime. I've been tortured. I've been imprisoned. I've seen my friend being executed, Ms. Marbobi says, explaining how she was present in Iran during the 1988 massacre in which, in which Amnesty International reported 5,000 people were killed. Yet, Ms. Mabobi, who works in the UK as spokesperson for campaign to free political prisoners in Iran, says she never seen the regime carry out as many arrests as has over the Masha Amini's protests. Torture and rape cases have also been off the scale, according to the activists, who says they were perpetrated brutally and openly, so regime opponents could know what kind of punishments they face. She said one 20-year-old who was arrested was told, if you don't give me the code for your phone, we are going to rape you with a baton. Ms. Mabobi, who spoke to Vogue last year about Iranians' freedom struggle, says, they raped many and gang raped too. They really went to the end in terms of brutality, as they feel like if they don't do that, they can't stop people. Despite the crackdown, Women have not been showing any sign of surrender, and if anything, are just more determined and angry, Ms. Mabobi said. She fears upcoming protests will see the regime use any method possible, as it may be, re as it may be realizing this is the beginning of the end of its time in power. But while the oppression may continue, it cannot be prolonged forever, Ms. Mabobi says claiming different kinds of torture haven't done anything to stop the opposition. What else can they do? Bomb people? Pointing to the women who have been shot in the eye but are still announcing on social media that they will not back down. Ms. Mabobi says, it's very inspiring that from my time to now, the generations have actually become braver and are standing up to this brutality. What are your thoughts about this, listeners? Do you think this is fair? On humanity, I say. Leave your comments. Thank you. December 2023, Hong Kong Free Press. A man accused of sexual assault at Education University of Hong Kong induction event denied bail. 16th of September 2023. Hong Kong Free Press. Man accused of sexual assault at Education University of Hong Kong induction event denied bail. A 28-year-old man accused of sexually assaulting a university student identified only as YLH faces two counts of indecent assault and one count of voyeurism after police received reports from people who said they had been assaulted at orientation camps for students at the Education University of Hong Kong. 
YLH was already denied bail once last week at the Twin Moon Magistrate's Court, appearing before Acting Principal Magistrate David Chong on Friday. The defendant had his bail review rejected again and was placed on remand until November the 3rd, 2023, when the case would next be heard in court. The defendant was accused of spying on a woman, ex, at Sydney Leonge Hotel Lodge on Loughtown Island on 28th of August, 2023, according to the charge sheet. She was in an area where any individual could reasonably be expected to be nude, but could also have a reasonably expectation of privacy. The defendant had disregarded whether ex consented to being observed by him, the charge sheet read. Citing sources, local media reported last week that the suspect pulled open the curtains in the shower where a 22-year-old student was bathing, was having a bath. Where a 22-year-old student was having a bath. As for the two indecent assault charges, he was accused of assaulting another person, Z, in a private car in the New Territories, and another identifier as Y, also at the Sydney Leonge Holiday Lodge on August the 23rd and 27th, respectively. The court documents did not mention a separate allegation of rape leveled against him. Local media reported last week that the rape allegedly took place at an orientation camp on July the 23rd at the Po Leung Kong Jockey Club, Taitong, holiday camp in Yuen Long. Police said they had launched an investigation into the allegations, and the Education University of Hong Kong has said it will set up a task force to review the operation of orientation camps. Dean of Student Sammy Hugh said in an email to students last Tuesday that the university took allegations of sexual harassment and assault extremely seriously, and that it was assisting the police in its investigation. Last Tuesday, Chief Executive John Lee called on universities to cooperate with law enforcement agencies to ensure that sexual assault cases were promptly addressed and to take appropriate measures if students' action violated the law. Separately, a university student accused of sexually assaulting an 18-year-old student during an orientation camp for the University of Hong Kong's Nursing Society last month was granted bail by Hong Kong court last Monday. What are your views about the story? Leave your comments. Thank you. This has been Grace Upper for Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza. Be safe and be positive. See you on our next episode. Take care. Bye for now.